0: really think to yourself, what is success? What does it look like? Would you consider yourself to be successful? I don't know about you, but some days I seriously question it. There's days where I'm like, yeah, I have a a great job. I can pay my bills on time. I have a beautiful family. Yeah, I've achieved success. What more could I want? And then I scroll through my freaking Facebook newsfeed and there it is, my ex from college just landed a big network TV job and got a major promotion. And I'm like, damn it, maybe I'm not successful. What's the definition of success? Brandon T. Adams. He hosts the show with his wife called Success in Your City. It's on Amazon Prime. He'll be on the show today. Plus, Grandpa Mark is here for our No Dumb Questions segment, catching us up on that stimulus plan that they're working on, which includes, by the way, increasing the minimum wage. So Grandpa Mark will explain all of that. And we'll take a seat at the kids' table talking about success, talking about money. Let's talk about the lottery. The big lottery jackpots. Is it okay to dream about winning those big lottery jackpots and buying lottery tickets in front of the kids? Or is it sending a bad message? Our expert, Susan Beecham, will be here. Thank you so much for making time to listen, to be a part of this group. I hope it's it's helping you feel more comfortable and confident about your finances. If you don't mind clicking subscribe, that would be awesome. If you don't mind sharing this with somebody else that you care about, we gotta support each other, right? We gotta help each other feel good about our financial future. All right, before we get to Brandon T. Adams, let's start the show with no dumb questions. professor emeritus at University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee and author of Teachers Can Be Financially Fit, economist Mark Shug,
1: also known as
0: Grandpa Mark. How are you?
1: <laughs> I'm great, Sandy. How are you? It's good to see you.
0: <laughs> you too. And you're getting, are, did you get your COVID vaccine yet? Tomorrow. Oh, good. Good for you. Yeah,
1: so, so, and then we automatically have one scheduled in February. So, uh, we're real pleased. <laughs> oh,
0: good. You know, my, my, I think the trick is to refresh those websites after hours, because my dad has been constantly trying to get in. And last night, what was it? After nine o'clock, he texted me and he said, I just got in. I just booked my appointment. So that's a little trick for anybody out there.
1: All right. Yeah. <laughs> so we're real excited about it. Uh, and the public's website was refreshing every minute. So, okay. uh, but it was finally, it was, uh, the public's with all their pharmacies that we were really able to get in. So that's great. Right.
0: Okay. Awesome. All right. So now let's talk about, and I know this is changing every day. There could be something new. We're recording this on Monday. Um, so as far as right now with this third stimulus check, the possibility of a third stimulus check, what are you hearing?
1: I think they're going to be negotiating out a package, uh, Many people, uh, like uh, Jerome Powell over at the Fed, believe that uh, there still needs to be some fiscal help, Uh, fiscal meaning coming from uh, Congress as opposed to monetary side. That's the Fed. Um, And uh, the $1.9 trillion package has a lot of stuff in it that, you know, depending on how narrowly you read it, uh, some things are obviously. Uh, to help with COVID. I mean, there's money in there for purchasing vaccines and so forth. Uh, and uh, But then there's a lot of money just for aid to states. There's a lot of money for aid to schools. And there's a call for increasing the federal minimum wage from 725 dollars to $15. That's a very large jump all at once. And, and But nobody knows if they mean all at once or if they mean to do this incrementally. So there's a whole lot of details that have to be worked out. So they're going to be negotiating this. Clearly, uh, many uh, people more on the conservative side would like something, a, a new package, but for it to be uh, more targeted. You know, when you sit then so now we're talking $1,400 per person on top of what we've already done. Well, still, the, the check is going to a lot of people that aren't necessarily in trouble. Uh, I know people, friends might have donated the check. Uh, to their churches and other charities because they don't really need it. And so, you know, conservatives tend to say, well, could it be a little more targeted? And certainly $1.9 is an awful lot of money coming on the two previous ones. So, so we'll see. I, I think there's likely to be something.
0: Now, for you being an economist, and you've studied this for so long, what do you think?
1: I would be so bold as to say, I think most economists are on board with the additional spending, that's surely not all. Uh, I know people that uh, very much oppose this, but kind of speaking for the profession, I'd say that most uh, favor an additional stimulus. The question is how much and how targeted can it be? Uh, the minimum wage presents uh, uh, problems uh, when you more than double the minimum wage. At the, on the one hand, we're trying to keep restaurants afloat. Yeah. And you know, in New York, restaurant workers are making way more than $7.25. I mean, the minimum, the federal minimum wage, well, the New York City minimum wage is much higher already. Uh, right, so, but there are, it's a big country. And I'm, I'm coming to you from Florida, right? Well, Miami could probably handle a $15 minimum wage, but the poorer counties up in the panhandle, uh, I'm not sure they consider themselves poor, but you know, the cost of living up in the panhandle is way different than it is uh, down in Miami. And so this idea that you have one minimum wage for the whole United States at $15. I mean, it's a big country. There's a lot of rural areas, those rural areas will have. So on the one hand, we're trying to keep businesses afloat. On the other hand, a lot of mom and pop operations can't survive at $15 an hour. at the risk of going on and on, uh, I'm associated with a preschool here, and uh, our tuition is pretty low. Most of our families are low-income families, and our teachers are only paid about $10.50 an hour. So if if this $15 minimum wage went in today, we're out of business. We we couldn't possibly handle that. Uh, We'd have to raise our tuition, And give our teachers all the raises, as much as we'd love to give them raises, we don't have enough money uh, to do this. So, you know, we'll have to cut hours uh, of our employees. We'll have to cut hours uh, when the kids can come. We'll have to raise our tuition. I mean, it's when the government raises the minimum wage, it's not like it's a grant to businesses to pay this. No, they have to find it somewhere. And, you know, more than doubling your, your wages for some of your employees. No matter how you look at it, that's a big wallop. I don't expect that to happen. I expect maybe they'll pass the $15 minimum wage, but they'll do it incrementally over time so businesses have time to adjust.
0: Yeah. A lot of people were surprised to learn, or maybe they weren't uh, really paying close attention, or maybe they needed that unemployment money so much that they used it all and didn't realize that some of that money has to go to taxes. With That's the unemployment. Now, with these stimulus checks that we've been getting, and we may possibly get another one. Do we have to claim that? Do you know?
1: The IRS says, no, the payment is not income and taxpayers will not owe tax on it. So it really is a a stimulus check.
0: (laughs) It really is. Okay, good. All right, Grandpa Mark, good luck with your (laughs) COVID shot tomorrow. And thank you so much, as always. If you want to uh, reach out to Grandpa Mark, Mark Shug. Pick up his book, Teachers Can Be Financially Fit. You can just go to his website, markshug.com. OK, let's talk about success. Brandon T. Adams joins us next. Success in Your City is the TV series. The Road to Success is the book that he wrote with his wife. Live to Grind is his podcast, Brandon T. Adams is here. How are you, sir?
2: I'm doing amazing. How are you, Sandy?
0: Well, I shouldn't call you sir because I'm significantly older than you, but how are you, kid?
2: (laughs) I'm doing great. I'm doing great.
0: Oh my gosh. You are so stinking successful at your age. I am first feeling lazy, second, uh, extremely in awe.
2: Well, well, thank you. I, I don't know. I guess it depends on how you define success. But it, I feel from just a little bit that I know of you that you've done a lot so far in your career. And I, I, it's just cool to see. Like, it's good talking with other people that set a certain goal in life and they, they made it happen. And if you're doing what you love, that is success. That's how I yeah. do success.
0: All right. We got to get into a couple things today because you touched on the whole relationship aspect of this developing relationships. We're going to get there. We're going to get to your relationship with your wife because we have to. I just love her, adore her (laughs) from watching the TV show. But let's start with defining success. So, you know, it was funny because I asked my kids, you know, after you and I set up this interview and I was asking them, okay, girls, what is success to you? My daughters are 16 and 11 and they both Immediately answered with, make a lot of money, live in a big house. Oh, and I'm wow. like, Jesus, did I teach you nothing? <laughs> Do you listen to my podcast? Um, wow. Because success is really, it, it's not necessarily. How that. old are they? 16 and 11.
2: Okay. Well, that's what, that's, uh, thank you, social media. That's literally what social media kind of portrays. Right. <laughs> yeah. that That's why I'm trying to shatter the whole viewpoint on that. I mean, Hey, money's great. I I got money. I I love money. I've had no money. Um, And having a big house, that doesn't really float my boat. I I remember when we filmed our show, and I talked about this in the book. I mean, we, for six weeks, we were in a a $3.2 million mansion in Scottsdale, Arizona, that I'd wake up every morning. There's a pool outside, and I could see the sunrise over Camelback Mountain. And that time that I was in that mansion for doing our show, it honestly, it was like, I'm like, this is too big. Like there's a lot of cleaning. Mm. Like this doesn't float my oh, boat.
0: I love how you just said cleaning. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> so I no, no joke. So Sandy, we were just, my wife and I, we, we had sold everything. Literally, I sold businesses and sold my house. 99% of our things. We got rid of everything and we downgraded. I mean, we were, until a week ago, we were just in a one bedroom apartment. That's all we needed. But once uh, once the shutdowns happened, my wife was getting sick of me with – I had to do some work in the, the place. So we just upgraded to a two-bedroom. And honestly, that's all I need. Like yeah. I don't need material things. And and that's, I think, a lot of people's misconception that material things and money is what success is. Now, money's good. But here's the thing. It's what you do with that money. And if that's the sole thing, then you will be unhappy. I have billionaire partners. I have – some of the wealthiest people in the world that I work with, and I'll tell you, I've heard stories, like even our executive producer, he told me a story once. He said he's got multi-billionaire friends that are miserable, and mm. their family won't talk to them, and, and they, the money is like their thing, but literally they have no relationships with anybody.
0: Yeah, yeah. You're going to love this quote then. This is the quote that my husband and I live by. When we were first dating, um, you know, everybody goes through their times, right? And his good friend said this to him. And I was like, oh, honey, we are putting this on a plaque and hanging it on the wall. There isn't a single career success that can overcome a failure at home.
2: Yeah, isn't that the truth? It
0: is. Right. And we're so focused sometimes on our career and it depends on the stage in your life. You know, when you're younger, you are focused on your career because you want to make a lot of money. You want to be very quote unquote successful at your job. And sometimes like those billionaire friends you mentioned that you forget what the real true meaning of life as cheesy as it sounds is really what's at home. Right.
2: Yeah. I mean, the, the life changing moment for me was when I stopped chasing the buck. I mm. I was so consumed with making money and success in terms of business goals that one point my wife now, when we were dating, this is back in 2015, she left me. We broke up. I had a we had moved to a city together, Des Moines, Iowa. And then what do you know, a year later I had to move her out to a separate place in Des Moines and we were broke up, and the main reason was me. I put uh... her second I was focused on the money, everything else. Yeah. And so we ultimately, 10 months later, got back together. Then we go create a TV show together and all this. But once I started realizing that, I actually started making more money when I wasn't focused just on the buck. I would Mm -hmm. take on deals that, yeah, there's cash, but I wasn't always the best fit for it. For now, where I'm at in my life, I only take on deals if I know I can actually help the person and if I think it's going to be something I want to do. If I don't want to do it, I don't care if it's a million bucks. I'm not going to take it if it's going to take time and energy for me that's not my best use of time. A million dollars is kind of a lot. <laughs> I'll, 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 for what I learned, Sandy, they could offer me $10 million and I can tell you I would say no. I, I've experienced close to bankruptcy in a 10-day in a span, and this is how crazy, in a 10-day span. I've talked about this in my book. The 10-day span, I've experienced facing bankruptcy and literally thousands of dollars negative in my bank account and no credit. To within in that 10-day span, having a deal go through that was worth it was 1.3 million dollars. Oh
0: geez, so, wow.
2: So, so I'm here to tell you, like, I've seen the lows, I've seen the highs, I've seen the obstacles, and and money is it's paper, but yes, it has power. But the thing is. You can't let it control you because if you do let it control you, you are going to be a very unhappy person and you're going to wake up one day and look back and be like, what is this? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So money can't buy me.
0: Yeah. But in, in saying that money can't control you, it's the, the debt too. I feel like that's so important for people to feel that, just that peace of mind that everything is going to be okay. Just you. Yeah. You know everything's going to be fine, and I think that alleviates so much burden. It's incredible how great life can be—not with the millions, billions, but just being able to pay your bills without a struggle.
2: Pay, paying your bills is obviously important. I mean, I've in that time of my life, I mean, I've experienced where it's not fun. Let me tell you, when you have twenty debt collectors calling gotcha. you a day, yeah. and you have to put your phone on uh, basically if they're not a contact in your phone it goes to voicemail and my voicemail would fill up and so like that's not a fun time but i will tell you i'm very grateful for it because it made me realize the importance of life Mm. and and also understanding better on terms of managing my money and being smart with it so now i have that i would call an advantage to be able to really be smart with where i put my money how i uh obviously with taxes or or certain debts you gotta you gotta pay down on there, there could be a whole talk on this whole thing. But it I'm grateful for it and it made me realize that hey, this didn't kill me, I can survive from this. Like literally, like I still found happy moments in those times, and it was because I had my wife, I had people around me that I could spend time with. That's what made me happy and I realized, hey, like I'm in a really shitty situation, but I still have happiness,
0: you mm, know? Yeah.
2: So there's a lot to learn from that.
0: That's awesome. Now, your show, success in your city, and the book too, "The Road to Success." You really explore what people feel is success.
2: Yeah, that's that's exactly.
0: Can you tell us maybe your favorite episode or or why you started it or your biggest takeaway from it so far?
2: Yeah each each episode had so much. Like from the first episode baseball player that made 20 million in his career and and two-time all-star that then leaves the game, buys the zoo and he's banked, he's lost everything within three years. Like I learned a lot from him, um, from the real estate team, like that they were literally out of a closet. They had Mm -hmm. an office out of a closet and they went from having no money to now being one of the biggest real estate teams in Texas. And then, uh, David France, and it's crazy. You really look at money like David France is broke. And he was sleeping on the streets, but he created this orchestra from nothing. He, he found out how to do something with no money. I, I would say that the most – the episode that I enjoyed the most, and it's obviously I'm biased, it, it's the next one coming out, and it has to do with my wife's story. Mm. Um, my, my wife uh, had – at one point, she was in an abusive relationship, and, and one day she literally got up, packed her car with everything she could, and she drove away never saw the guy again. Oh, and so good for her. Wow. It, yeah, and she – so she like went from just being this broken down person to becoming who she is today. And so that story is shared in the show and it's, it's so impactful. Like it, it's every time I watch the clips, I get emotional. Um, but I, it's a huge, uh, there's other women involved in this show and it, it's yeah. a huge support for women out there that have been treated badly. And, and so I think that's going to be, I mean, I, I just think it's going to be the best episode because there's so many women out there that need to hear this, like to see someone like my wife, who, who went from nothing, was in a position where she she was in a controlling relationship and had nothing, had to start all over, no money, no car, nothing, to now. I mean, she, we got a TV show together, we've won Emmys together, we have a book together. She's doing it what she loves in fitness. Um, it's just it's gonna empower so many women, and that that's what I'm excited about.
0: I do a lot of work with uh, domestic violence organizations locally. And please t- thank your wife because that takes I will. an immense amount of courage to be able to open up like that. Um, but I know it will. It, pro- it absolutely will empower and inspire so many other women.
2: Yeah, it's one thing to share it in front of a group of people, it's another to put it on a TV show and let the yeah. whole world have access to your vulnerable, like, different side of you that you had experienced.
0: Yeah, because a lot of women feel shame. They don't come forward because they're embarrassed.
2: They, but, they're they mad at themselves. This yeah. is what happens is they're mad at themselves because they feel like it's their fault. They mm-hmm. say, why did I stay so long? Why was I so, they, they this is what they'll say to themselves. Why did I, why was I so stupid to stay that long? Why? And like, it's like embarrassment, but also just frustration with themselves that they got to let go. Well, because so many people fault.
0: tell them to just leave them, just leave them. It's not that easy.
2: No, it's yeah. not, especially with the narcissists and the, the, the persuasion, how they yeah. they build somebody up, break them down, and they just, it's bad.
0: Oh, well, good thing she found you. Aww. Yeah, I'm me too. So now, um, okay, now I want to talk about, well, let's take a little bit of time with relationships, building relationships, developing relationships, because that really is going to help you elevate your game in your career. You are like a <laughs> master at it.
2: Yeah, I, I I don't want to toot my own horn, but um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm pretty good. I mean, it helps that I'm from Iowa. Everybody likes a Midwestern Iowa boy, I feel. Um, my but, husband's
0: from Minnesota. Nicest people ever in the Midwest.
2: That's funny. Well, I got a place in Minnesota now, so <laughs> that's good. Uh, good old Minnesota. Yeah, I, yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I'll tell you, relationships, and people make it too complicated. I mean, There's a couple things one is just care like just be authentic and care about people in -hmm. business like i've worked with some of the most influential people in the world and and it comes down to don't come at them wanting something because i'll tell you for myself and these people people are every single day asking for something a favor why don't you come at them from a place of contribution and finding, and authentically wanting to help them, whether help them with their goals, make an introduction for them, make them money, and also don't expect anything in return. You just know though, reciprocity will kick in and they will help you in return. I know from all the experience I've had, but yeah. that's the quickest way is actually show you care and constantly cultivate that relationship. And a couple ideas would be like, I've done this before. Some of my inner circle business partners, like I've sent them gift cards for them and their wife to go to dinner. I've sent them notes, cards. I've sent them personal videos. I reminded them on their birthday. I, I would send them just little things to show that I cared and always let them know I had their back. And so when you do that, people will do the same for you. You got to just show, and it'll take time. Like there's some relationships I literally, For certain people, it took six months before I could even get in contact with the person I want to get in contact with. And then once I did, you have to really prove yourself of what you can provide for that person. And so um, that's the first thing, I think, just really wanting to help somebody and showing the value you provide and then doing it. So people will say all the time, how can I help you or I can help you with this. But how many people actually follow through? Very little, I know, because I always provide somebody a little like, hey, opportunity, and then they don't follow through. I was the guy that always followed through, and that was really a key component to my so-called like business success and making money in relationships, was I would say what I was going to do, and then I did it. Simple as that.
0: Okay, you're looking, um, I don't know, to... To grow in your career or you just lost your job and you're trying to find a new job and you're saying building these relationships go to those people who can help you but yet don't start with hey can you help me start with something that you can offer them but what if you don't know what you can offer them
2: well there's there's a couple examples here one is uh it was uh thomas edison this is obviously a long time ago this is in the book thinking you're rich edward c barnes he he went to him and said thomas I'm going to go in business with you. And he had this look in his eye, like conviction of he was going to go in business with him. And he didn't know what exactly he was going to do for him, but he knew he was going to go in business with him. So Thomas Edison saw in his eyes the eye of like, I'm going to do this. He said, you know what? I don't know what the job is now, but I'll give you opportunity to sweep floors. And so what did he do? He swept floors. And then what happened next is he always listened in the meetings. He studied everything. Around the business, how the the company worked to sell things, and over I don't know six months a year, his opportunity presented himself where all these salesmen in a meeting said to Thomas Edison that they couldn't sell. I think it was like the phone or some invention, and and he came and said, "I can sell your invention," and then that's where he he became a millionaire. And he worked with Thomas Edison, went in partnership with him to sell this product around the country, around the world. And so an example why I share that is because when you show you're willing to do whatever it takes, people will take you in. I tell this a lot to millennials. I tell this to people, God, going out of college. What is my best advice? Find somebody that's already achieved what you want to achieve, go to them and tell them, hey, I will be your intern I will work for you for free. And Um, after I show my value, you can tell me what it's worth to you and then we can go from there. But most people think, why would I do that? I ain't going to work for free. That's like slave labor. But no, it's not. You're actually going to learn more from that person that's worth more wealth than you could ever get. But also, you'll eventually get into business with them. And that's ultimately how I've gotten business with some very successful people.
0: Ah, that's great. And you know what? Actually, that that just... Jogged my memory about a a guest that we had on the show, uh, Mona Akadin. She runs her own business now, left her very successful corporate job uh, in the natural beauty product arena, Mona Moon Naturals. And she said she was learning this business and she offered to be an intern. She's a grown adult woman, and it sounds weird. It's almost pride swallowing when you say, Hey, I'm a mom of two kids, but can I be your intern? but it it, it it works it works <laughs> yeah yeah okay so now let's get into your relationship with Samantha just cuz i uh, adore you guys okay how do you make it work because your personality is and you you told it to us in the beginning of this is go 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 you're you're constantly going you're taking these big risks is she that same type of personality how do you guys make it work together
2: no, as far cool as ideas. money
0: as far as money and rent <laughs> you're just like no
2: <laughs> if, if we were the same we'd probably kill each other um uh, i don't know if i could handle another me in a relationship it's uh so it's good to have i feel like having that balance because she kind of brings me back but she also is very wise she provides me guidance sometimes that's helps me in business yeah. like things she can see she's very intuitive like she one time forewarned me on a certain partnership i did and it and she was right, it ended up going sideways. And she told me at the beginning, she said, you should've listened to me. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah. and so she's been almost like a, I don't call life coach, but like really a person that gives me insight going into certain deals. And and she is more laid back. She, she isn't like me in terms of, hey, let's take over the world in business or, or that. She loves helping people. She loves doing it on her own terms. Um, we have a, a niece and nephew that we spend a lot of time with that she loves um, seeing as well. Um, it's just that that's how she is. And this is how I am. And we work great together and supplement each other in, in business. Obviously, we have a TV show and business together, but in life and it's it just a good mix, you know, and I, I think here's a big mistake. And I made it before I think relationships make is somebody like me and then you get, let's say, somebody like Sam somebody like me that's always consulting, coaching, helping people achieve success in business or whatever it may be, I'm like sometimes wanna do that for her and tell her, this is what you need to do. You gotta do this, you gotta do that. In reality, like she's gonna do what she wants to do. I can be there and give her guidance and support her, but I used to try try to like have her do all these things that were what I wanted, but she necessarily didn't want. And she, for a time, she didn't have her own identity. So in a relationship, both people need their identity. So you have your own like kind of identity together, but you also have your own individual identity to do your own things. If you don't have that, the other person will lose their self-worth, value, and it'll be very bad for a relationship. It's like, let's say you have a successful businessman and you have a woman and maybe she's a stay-at-home mom, or which by the way, I would never want that job because that's the hardest job in the world. <laughs> uh, Or you have somebody that's doing their own business, side gig, whatever it is. But maybe the guy has all this, making all this money and all this success. And then you got the girl doing whatever they're doing. Well, if that guy doesn't acknowledge that woman because they're providing massive value, I'll tell you, the woman has more power than the man. What will make or break a person is the person they go into a relationship with. And I'll tell you the woman has the most influence upon a man to make them achieve the biggest things in life. It's proven. It really is. So in reality, all you women out there, the Queens out there, <laughs> you have more power than us men. You really do. How do we
0: though? Okay. Let's say with money though, cause there's always somebody and I don't know how much you're, you're willing to disclose or, or let us in on your family budget, but sometimes <laughs> ultimately somebody's going to take the lead on the finances. I'm the one who does it in my family. I don't know who does it in your family. But how, if you're struggling to get on that same page, because everybody walks into the relationship with way (laughs) different money stories, right? And and different approaches to money. How did you do it with your wife? Get on that same page.
2: Oh, man. Well, (laughs) (laughs) so here's one thing. Like when we did our show, I was, uh, I funded half the show with our own money and we spent a lot of money. And so, like, she didn't understand that, like, oh, you're spending all this money on this show. But like, and, and also we're not paying ourselves. So if, unless you're a real hardcore entrepreneur, most people don't get that, which I get. And so that was like a whole challenge in that year. But now, like, I, it's, there's times I still need to, like, enroll her in my vision to spend money on certain things. But we talk about it because it's not good when I go spend money on something don't tell her and then oh you just spent all this money so I am I would say I'm the person that's really of the finances and in terms of where we spend money and and allocate and saving obviously saving for taxes that's one thing you got to make sure as an entrepreneur make
1: mm-hmm. sure you
2: allocate the right money for tax especially when you make a lot of money um but she will still time to time she will be the one to just remind me and put me in check yeah. Of how we're utilizing our money, which is good. It's good. Um, but I, I think it's still important, like both people have their own accounts too. Like she has her own personal checking account. Um, I have my personal and multiple accounts, banks. But um I think that's important. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You'll get a kick out of this story then saying that. So my husband and I have one account. It's just a joint account. But when we got together, <laughs> it was separate accounts. And yeah. then there was a point in our marriage where he was like uh honey, I gotta buy dad a gift and I have no money in my account and I'm like ah oh, Jesus. All right, fine. That's
2: funny. We'll merge That's accounts. <laughs> That's so funny. Poor guy.
0: Um, he would hate that I told that story to you.
2: Okay. <laughs> hey, just to, in his defense, I've been there too. There was a time <laughs> in my career I had to ask my wife because I was so broke. Hey, no, I'm actually I gotta share this. So there was a time I flew. I've had some obstacles. I flew to a city for an event. And this is when I was going through my tough time and and stuff. And I remember flying there and I only had enough money to get there. And there I was speaking to this event. So like, there I am, this guy of success, but I'm hitting a pretty tough time. So I flew there knowing I had no money to get back, but I was gonna figure a way. I had no little money. How do you figure out a way? How do you I had to figure out a way, but wait, wait, wait. So what happened is, I text my wife and I said, hon, oh, I'm hungry and I don't, I have like four fricking dollars to my name right now. And so she had to, I actually had her order to a Starbucks that I was going to food so I could eat. And eventually within 48 hours, I, I had this deal go through. So I was good and I flew back and I had money, but she was covering my butt there. I always told her, told her I'm like, we're always going to make it. We're going to just, I need time. And now she's like, you know what? It took longer than you said it would, but I believe you now because yeah. you did achieve the things you said you would.
0: Well, you had a bet on yourself, right? You couldn't, you couldn't fail. Yeah, There's no option, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. It has been such a pleasure to talk to you, Brandon. We could keep going, but um, yeah. So maybe you'll come back
2: on. Oh yeah, definitely. And maybe I'll convince my wife to come on. She doesn't really do these appearances, but I think maybe for you.
0: Yeah. Tell her me, come on. I'm that old Italian lady that just adores your relationship. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love it.
0: All right. Well, uh, Brandon T. Adams, what's the best way that we can reach out to you, follow you, and support you?
2: Yeah, just, hey, I, I love when people reach out. Uh, my social media handles for everything, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Brandon T. Adams. And then you can always check out my stuff at com. And I highly suggest go check out our TV show, Success in Your City. It's on Amazon Prime.
0: Okay, how many lottery tickets do you buy? Do you have the kids help you pick out the numbers? What message does it send when we buy lottery tickets in front of the kids? Grab a chair. We're about to take a seat at the kids' table next. taking a seat at the kids table here with Susan Beecham, who is the founder of Money Savvy Generation. How are you, Susan? I am well. How are you? Good. Okay, so we're going to check in with the kids now. We asked them about playing the lottery and what they thought about it. What do you think about playing the lottery? I think it can be fun in the moment, but when you don't win, it can be a little bit of a disappointment because the chances of winning are pretty low. When you hear that the jackpot is an astronomical number, $600 million, does that get you excited to play? It doesn't seem real. How do you think the lottery works?
2: I think you you get one of these cards, uh-huh. and then on t- you turn on the TV, and then if the numbers say the, the numbers that are exact on their card, uh-huh. that means that you win the lottery. You win.
0: And yeah. do you have to pay for that card? Yes. Okay, you do. So you're okay paying for that card.
2: Yeah, and getting more money.
0: With the chance of getting money. Yes. Are the chances good that you'll get money? Yes. Yeah? Yes. Okay.
3: You know, I've I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. Our kids are a reflection of us, especially when they're younger. Mm -hmm. They're watching us, and they're watching not what we say, but what we do. And so... Many of the comments, when you hear them come out of the kids' mouths, you know, you know, they heard their parents say that, or you know, they overheard their parents yes. say that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, li- the the lottery, which is so intriguing to a lot of people, especially now, numbers are big. Um, you know, based on a lifetime of 80 years, your chances of being struck by lightning are 20,000 times higher than hitting the winning lottery numbers when you hear statistics like that uh it really brings home the fact that the lottery is chance it is a get rich quick scheme Mm -hmm. but it is a perfectly okay form of um fantasy you know it it's perfectly okay for you to think about what you would do if you won the lottery nothing wrong with that in fact i think it's um it's important for parents to have the discussion because you can explain to your children, this is entertainment. This is not a financial planning strategy. It's a form of entertainment, like buying a movie ticket and going to the movie. So go ahead and buy the lottery ticket. Here's what I think is a fun family activity. So um, ask your kids, what would we do with a lottery win? What would all of us do with a lottery win? And hear what they would do. And so that's a, you, you, you tell them it's a windfall, it's a big chance. So you spend $2 on a ticket and you win a million dollars. Okay, what would we do with that? What would that mean? And then listen to all of the things that they would quote do with a lottery win, pick one and make it a family goal to save towards it, and teach them how to break the impossible down into possible steps.
0: Okay, well, yeah, depending on what their goal is. If it was like a mansion or something, I don't know if we're saving for that, but okay. Okay, that's a house. And how much do we think that
3: mansion is going to cost? Again, every time you have conversations like this, you find out where their head is. That's why these opening comments by the kids are so important, because they might think a mansion is a million dollars. They might think a mansion is a hundred thousand dollars. And then you can talk to them about the cost of homes and real estate, you know, because they introduce the topic. Otherwise you can't sit down at the family dinner and say, let's talk about real estate. It, it wouldn't go over as well, but if it's something they open the door to, you get a chance to hear where their head's at, what kind of facts they have on the topic. And then you can, you know, gently kind of educate them around the real reality. Um, You know, breaking the impossible into possible steps by setting goals and little by little chipping off uh, towards the realization of that dream is just more assuredly a way of getting what you're dreaming rather than any get-rich-quick scheme like the lottery. You can have anything you want in life within... Mm -hmm reason but you just can't have it all at the same time
0: yeah okay awesome susan how can we find you and follow you and support you you can follow me on my blog at
3: susanbeacham.com and you can find some money savvy generation award-winning products and some free resources at our website money savvy that's s-a-v-v-y.com
0: There we go. Let me know if there's ever anything you want us to answer in No Dumb Questions, if there's a guest you want me to try to get on the show, or if you need help talking to the kids about money. This podcast is for you. Before we leave, today's Money Victory shout out goes to Alyssa Rose, who said, Finally paid off an emergency room bill, huge weight lifted off my shoulders. They are not cheap. Alyssa, I don't even want to ask how much it was. I can't even imagine but I hope you're doing better. You're feeling okay. Cheers to Alyssa for paying off that bill, lifting the weight off her shoulders and cheers to each and every single one of you who is proud to say you're on your way to being a financially confident woman. Talk to you next week. Don't forget to click subscribe so you don't miss an episode.